Episode of 360 Degrees, part of the Urban Breakdown Network. And happy Donald Trump Eve. Uh, Donald Trump is going to go to the courthouse tomorrow and cause trouble and be a jackass. And maybe his followers may get their jaws knocked loose by NYPD. Who knows? Anything could happen tomorrow. <laughs> but for now, we're going to talk about something a lot more fun than uh, Hayseed Trump supporters getting beat up by the cops. Odie, how are you today? I am doing all right. A little, a little well rested, um, considering what kind of weekend I had. So I'm not even mad at it. All right. So Odie, what you got for us today? Uh, so it's exactly the reason that I'm uh needing to recuperate. So this this past weekend, the first first April, uh, the first weekend in April, we had Dreamville artists come and uh show out. And if you're not familiar with who or what Dreamville is. Look up Jermaine Cole of Fayetteville, North Carolina, also known as the 2-6, whatever you want to call it. And uh, he brought all the heavy hitters out. Um, this was the first time it sold out. I think they sold 50,000 tickets. Huh. Um, they sold out Dorothy Dix Park, which is in downtown Raleigh. And it's the history of Dorothy Dix, like looking around it, like, yeah, it looks like a mental hospital, but <laughs> a former mental hospital but at the same time it's like it also kind of looks like slave quarters some of the some of the buildings give me slave quarter vibes so i'm very curious about some of the history there i might have to read up on that i feel like i wouldn't be surprised to learn that that was also some sort of like grounds for slaves um but in any case i digress uh so we go out to the show last year we went um, swore we weren't going back, but that lineup came out and we just had to go. Um, Drake, Drake, J. Cole, and Burna Boy headlined Sunday. Um, Burna Boy is an international superstar. The fact that he got Burna Boy out there is still like mind blowing. He had a great set. Oh, God. Looked good. I, I, I am so old because I have no clue who Burna Boy is. You know who Burna Boy is because you're on TikTok. Okay. Um, if you've seen any type of travel blog, um, oh, I can't play music on here. Shit, I forgot. Like blue will not like that. Um, but I'll send you a couple of like reels and stuff. Like his okay. music is very, very popular on TikToks, reels, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. You know his music. Um, and he also had a tiny desk concert, which is so weird because, like, watching him perform a lot of those same songs. He was like on 10, like the performance, the live performance was like on 10, full of energy, but the Tiny Desk concert, you know, because of the venue and the space that they're in, it's like his voice was on low, but it was still, it was still lit. Um, but yeah, if you, if you like Afrobeats, you were in your whole life. Uh, and that's who performed on Sunday. That's who headlined Sunday. As far as headlining Saturday, 
You got Usher Raymond, who looks fantastic. Um, honestly, he sold me on his residency. Like, I feel like people who saw Usher and maybe hadn't gone to see him in Vegas or were on the borderline of deciding to go in Vegas just to see him have now decided I'm going to see Usher in Vegas. Like, he, his performance was, was great. Um, of course, like the viral moment, the moment that went viral was when it was actually like right as we were leaving because we call ourselves trying to uh, beat the traffic and it still took us like an hour and a half to get home um, between calling the lift and getting out of traffic and whatnot. It still took us quite a bit and we had to walk um, a, a mile or two away just to actually catch a lift. But as we were leaving, I remember hearing... Um, <clears throat> Uh, him announce a special guest and then all of a sudden he yells Beyonce and I was like absolutely not I stopped for a second and I was like April Fool's it's gotta be <laughs> April Fool's it's, there's no way um, and especially because the only now granted there's like one song that him him and uh, actually I think maybe like two songs no that, that was Monica my bad um, yeah there's only like one song I could think of off the top of my head it's the Love in This Club remix. And he had already performed that. He had already performed Love in This Club, the original. So I was like, mm, if he was going to bring out Beyonce, wouldn't he have done it during Love in the Club? So chances are it's not Beyonce. But then I was like, yeah, it's the end of the day, but it's also April Fool's. Like, I'm not going to get got today. And I did not. Um, so I kept on walking. And sure enough, um, he did not bring out Beyonce, but he did bring out the City Girls who had performed earlier in the day. Um... And I was fine listening. I don't think I watched any of their set. I just listened. Um, my old ass was just out there for vibes and just being on the scene. I wasn't really trying to be seen. I wasn't trying to see much. Um, but I just needed to see Usher. And uh, yeah, we had a we had a good time. But um, Sean Paul performed before that. Like I got my little life for that for that set. Um, and those are the main people I was there to see. But that Sunday night lineup is who brought out, like, Drake brought out the closers. Uh, earlier that day, though, Glorilla, of all people, who has started establishing a reputation of being, like, a no-call, no-show, did not come up to her set. Because I was sitting outside, like, like I said, we weren't there to see anything, so we were sitting. But I remember looking at my phone saying, shouldn't it be Glorilla set? Shouldn't I hear her voice by now? And uh, we never did hear. And it was like, hmm, it's been, like, a while between sets. And next thing we know, the next act came on um, and Glorilla apparently just never showed up. So everybody was like, what the fuck? Like, where's Glorilla? What happened? And she does have like a, what's starting to be a pretty solid fan base. Um, but people were like, oh, I stood up, you know, an hour and a half, you know, at the front waiting for you because I wanted to be at the front of the stage. Right. So, yeah, people like with the festivals, like granted, like people don't pay money to see one specific artist, but they're like, oh, I'm going to stay here and wait for this specific artist. And that's what people were doing. And they were pissed that they didn't get a chance to see her um, at that time. Uh, but later during Drake's set, he, I guess, lent her three minutes to perform Fuck Nigga Free. And that was it. Um, so like she came out and did one song, but like that that's not even close to making up for your whole missed set. Like, that's right. real as fuck. Um, I'd be pissed if I were a fan. 
um, as, at least as much of a dedicated fan as some of those uh, other people were. Uh, Drake also brought out Lil Uzi Vert, uh, which I figured he probably was there supporting his girlfriend anyway. So that was like a kind of two for one. So who's so so who's who's Uzi's girlfriend? JT. So you know, there's Young Miami and JT <clears throat> in the City Girls. Oh, okay. And Young Miami is the one that's dating Diddy, or has been linked to Diddy. But JT is the other one. She's the one that that was like um, holding it down whenever uh, Young Miami was in prison, was in jail. So JT, she's kind of low key, but that's that's his girlfriend. So JT, uh, Uzi Vert came out during Drake's set. Glorilla, Lil Wayne came out. And I feel like I'm missing somebody else. I should have probably wrote this down. Um, but the fact that he brought Lil Wayne out was huge. And it's going to be interesting to see how J. Cole can even begin to try to top himself for next year. Because, like I said, the, the closers themselves, the headliners themselves were big enough. Honestly, Drake didn't have to do any of that shit. He didn't have to bring out anybody, and it would have been fine. Um, but the fact that he did, it's just like, wow, like, Dreamville, Raleigh, it's, it's the place to be that first weekend in April now. Now, the weather on Saturday was definitely sus. Um, the gates ended up getting pushed back like three times because of inclement weather. It was windy. It was raining. Um, it was supposed to thunderstorm. I never saw thunderstorms over here, but it definitely rained and um, made it muddy. So it wasn't really that pleasant out there. But like once the weather cleared up, it was beautiful. It was beautiful. It was a perfect weekend. And it didn't, um, things didn't take too too long to wrap up. Like th things ran smoothly. So compared to other festivals too, that's what I really liked. Like they honored people's time, like I said, with the exception of Glorilla. Right. <laughs> so I guess Glorilla won't be back next year, huh? <laughs> uh, I doubt it. I doubt it. Um, and like I said, the fact that she's establishing a reputation, you know, the time we're recording now is it's now six twenty, uh, on a Monday. She has not addressed it yet. People, I I'm nosy, so I was looking at her comments just to see if if she answered anybody. But a lot of the fans were asking like. How did you miss your whole set? What happened? There is a rumor from a blog that I that I followed that said something. She had makeup artist issues, but we all know that that's bullshit because, I mean, her set was on Sunday, which means, like, she could have just come from, I don't know where she's based out of. I don't know if she's still based out of Memphis, but she could have easily flown to North Carolina and any, uh, no, any number of qualified makeup artists could have done her makeup. Um, I think somebody, oh, Keylock did not come. Keylock ended up not coming and a backup rapper named Tusi from Raleigh ended up taking over his set because Keylock had an issue with his flight, which makes sense. I just said that the weather was terrible. So, okay, fine. The weather's terrible. You can't get on your flight, but her shit was Sunday. So like her shouldn't have been an excuse. And like I said, if she's based out of Memphis, she could have got her ass on a tour bus or you know, a train or whatever and got her ass up to Dreamville. Yeah. And it's funny because I, I was looking up to see if anything updated over the last few minutes and they said that she's going to be performing at uh, at the Hot 97 Summer Jam. And I'm like, all right, yeah. we'll see. <laughs> now, I don't fuck with Summer Jam no more, but I also feel like Summer Jam 
they they play they do play with people's time. So she she would be okay if she was to pull that shit there because they don't they don't they didn't run shit as smooth as as they did for Dreamville. Maybe maybe it's changed. I would hope so, but uh mm, last I checked they did not. So, yeah. I, I, I guess they've been doing it too long. They just figured, hey, we're summer jam. You're going to show up so we can just do whatever we want, I guess. Pretty much. The tickets are going to sell themselves. Tickets are going to sell themselves, but I'm, I'll, no, I'm good. I'm definitely good on that. So, yeah. Um, now, all those guys that I mentioned, especially for closing last night, I watched from the comfort of my own home. Next year, I will be watching the whole thing from the comfort of my own home history was made but like i said the revolution will be televised and i've watched it from home on amazon prime okay <laughs> my old ass was i was like no this is for the children I'm no you're, you're i'll i'll dig your old oldie child i felt old out there i was like uh, i'm tired the heat was getting to me the food was trash especially mm. like to be so expensive like i'm like i don't want to pay nine dollars for a grilled cheese that's not melted that they say has american cheese on it but this is not american cheese and uh yeah i was over the whole scene um but thank you usher baby for coming on saturday night you look good i like i said if i ever find myself in vegas i'm gonna find a way to get to that show for sure for sure i think i think usher's one of those artists where he just takes his crap seriously like i i think he's I mean, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a fan of Usher. I haven't really caught up with his stuff lately, you know. But I have, like, I have like three or four of his CDs from like when he first started out. And you know, he's someone who, you know, I, I, I was joking with a friend of mine about this the other day, and I'm like, I don't know what it is, like, like male R and B artists now, like, they just suck. Like, I just, yeah. I just can't, can't get into them at all. A lot of them are making like sleepy time music, so they kind of have like a vocal fry going to their yeah going into their voice like it's not smooth it's not hitting that falsetto it's not it's like that toxic r&b and that's fine sometimes but i don't want to hear that all the time i want to yeah. hear i want to hear superstar you know like i want to i do it's, it's something about the way he puts together music it's just and he's a great performer he's giving me dance moves he's giving me charisma and charm like that's what i want to see i was entertained and that was beautiful that was beautiful so usher baby you did the damn thing you sold that shit you know it, it's funny i was looking through my my cd collection because i have like a book with all like all my old r&b cds in there and it was kind of like a 50 50 split like between men and women like i had like you know it's like usher um Tevin Campbell, you know, I'm I'm in that weird period there, you know, going back to you know to the to the 80s and 90s. But I had like a you know Luther Vandross, Levert, you know, but then there's also like Usher, Carl Thomas, Maxwell, mm -hmm. uh, D'Angelo, stuff like that. So it was, but nowadays I'm just like I joked about um, they have Jason Derulo playing. Uh, I'll talk about that in a moment, but he's playing Ronald Isley. In the the spinning gold, and, I'm, and I was just like, I was just like, fuck you. Like I know I'm being a hypocrite. I, I talk about that in the moment, but when I thought he's playing Ronald Isley, I was like, get the fuck out of here. I think who now who's playing? Uh, I think Wiz Khalifa's playing. Uh, 
forgot who's playing George Clinton in that movie. In the movie about Donna Summer, right? And then Spinning Gold. Okay, Spinning. There's somebody who's there's somebody who's gonna be who's gonna be playing uh George Clinton, and I was like, okay, okay, I'm okay with that, you know. But I'm like male R and B. It arts. is with Khalifa. Is Wiz Khalifa? I'm like, okay, I, I'll, I'll let that. He's more of a Bootsy Collins type, but I'm like, okay, I'll let it go. You know, I, I can see Wiz Khalifa more as Bootsy Collins than than. They're showing George Samuel Collins. Jackson. Who is he supposed to be? I have no clue. I didn't know he was in the movie. Uh, I don't know. I don't trust this. I don't trust it because it doesn't have a name underneath. So oh. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna say no because now I'm also seeing like Justin Timberlake and some other motherfuckers. I'm like, no. Oh, yeah. This. Yeah. But, Lettucey is playing Gladys Knight, though. Uh, so who's who's playing Gladys Knight? Lettucey. I don't think I've heard enough of her stuff. To um, really, I didn't. I don't associate her music being like, like uh, I don't want to say soulful. Like mm -hmm. yes, soulful for sure, but like neo soul, not Gladys okay. Knight soulful. Oh, okay. Um, I'm not. I'm not really a fan of Lettucey, but I could see why they cast her, like features wise. I was trying to remember what program Gladys Knight was on. It was it was years ago. What he did, like a tribute to Gladys Knight, and then Gladys came out and sang as if she was just saying, "Y'all can't see me because I'm I still got it." <laughs> because you know, it's pretty much Gladys, like Michael Jackson. Mike Mike used to do shit like that. I mean, Gladys is basically to be like Luther Vandross, like when they sing. It's just so effortless. You know what I mean? It's not like they're out there like like it's not like Teddy Pendergrass who's like, you got, you got, you got what I want. You know, he's shredding his voice. Gladys is just and Luther, they were just just smooth as silk. They just come out and it's it's like they're singing, but they're also talking. You know what I mean? Like it's 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 a rare talent these days. But yeah. Well, and, you, know who, you know who what casting they did get right though. Which one? Uh, it's we've been hearing about it for a while now, but I guess it's been confirmed. Uh, because she's been promoting her current movie, mm -hmm. um, Thousand and One, I think it's called. I do want to see it actually, but um, Tiana Taylor will be playing Dion Warwick in a biopic. Uh, okay, handpicked by Dion. Um, at least you know she can sing. And she also, I think, too, um, the reason I think the casting has done well for this is because Tiana has, like, that kind of low voice that Dion can do. And so I feel like even vocally, she can match her. Um, so that should be, it should be fun. Yeah. It should be fun. I'm definitely going to watch that when it comes out. I just hope that Beyonce, um, that <laughs> I just looked at a picture of Beyonce. I just hope that Dion... Um, doesn't do kind of like what Arisa did while she was still alive and you know try to pick and choose what part she wants us like I need you to do like show us the good the bad and the ugly that's always the bad part with people telling their own stories you know they they like yeah. to pick and choose yeah and you know like didn't they have didn't they recently have another Whitney Houston biopic really recently um, like the end of last year, I still haven't seen it. Like, and at this point, it should definitely be on some sort of streaming services. Um, because I missed it. Like, I was in Ghana when it was like out when it first came out, I think, and that was like the end of December. And um, I'm kind of pissed. Like, damn, I I did want to see the movie, but 
but I, I it just came and went so fast and a lot of people were seemed not to be fans of it yeah. I mean biopics are hard you know they're not I mean it, everybody can't it, it, every biopic can't be Ray you know what I mean like biopics are hard to do especially when the artist is still alive like you mentioned like Aretha you know putting her input in there and stuff like that it's just uh it's just tough because you want to you want to hear the whole story and at least Ray was good enough to be like yeah just tell it all tell him about yeah. my heroin addiction tell him about my cheating all that other stuff tell it all tell tell my story <laughs> as opposed to like Aretha where'd you start pushing out them babies from like I have so many like unanswered questions from that movie like who were the yeah. children's father it's like you just brushed over all of that as though it's not important to the story it is important because it it might explain why you made certain decisions you know what I mean mm -hmm. right. like if anything but that generation was so fucking secretive especially the women yeah you know it's, that generation is very secretive I'm actually in the midst interestingly enough um so like a couple of months ago I'm like going off on a tangent here but a couple of months ago I decided to sign up for um an ancestry.com account Okay. to track like family on my mother's side like you know because slave trade all that right. um so i'm like you know using the account but i stopped paying for the premium service but interestingly enough i got an email just today that said like hey um we've been researching people on the same family tree this is who i am um i don't think your your mom would know who i am but um this is who i am and I was like, oh, okay, like, you know, come to find out, like, this person was really a relative. Okay. Um, and so I'm just like, I was talking to my mom about it as I was trying to verify, you know, who this person says that they are. And, uh, and I was talking to her about that secrecy and how that shit has killed us. You know, I'm like, you walking out here, you don't know who's related to who because everybody's so secretive. And she was just like, yeah, you know, you're trying to be respectful to the elders and you know right now there's only like one left like one of the my one of my grandmother's sisters and you know that's just what type of time they was on but I was like fuck that <laughs> I want to know I'm gonna I'm gonna ask questions who are you who's your people where are you from which y'all into I mean I got tons of family I've never even really met because I'm only because we're just so far away like my you know I have parents from the West Indies so a lot of my my relatives are still in the West Indies. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I mean, my oldest sister just became an American citizen like ten years ago. So because I because like half my I have two uh, siblings who were born in Saint Croix, which kind of makes them like American citizens. Yeah, but they were still so far away. But I have two that were born in Dominica. My oldest two were born in Dominica. So you know, it took the, it took them uh, a while to become. Well, at least my sister. My brother never tried for a citizenship. So he's still, uh, you know, not an American citizen. But my sister became an American citizen like 10 years ago, you know. So. But, yeah, I mean, family is weird. You know, it, it's, it, you know, it's kind of, I mean, to me, it's like we're all relatives, but it's our relationships that make us family, you know. And. I just have a lot of relatives <laughs> and, and they're, they're wonderful people, but we just never had a chance to really connect. Mm. That, that's all that was, you know, you know, it, it's, it's nothing personal.
But I, I'd be interested to, to try that out for a couple of months, like the Ancestry.com, just, just to see what comes up. <laughs> you know, it, it would be, I, I think it'd be interesting. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. But yeah, uh, feel free to take the baton. I thought we transitioned into into the biopic very nicely because, <laughs> you know, I'm I'm done. Dreamville is done. All right. <laughs> I won't see you next year, guys. But y'all y'all kids got it. Well, well, here here comes the the old man bitching and complaining about stuff. I I, I will tell you this. I, I've talked about this part before, so I'm just gonna give you a quick rundown. Uh, Twitter is a disaster. I made I made two Twitter accounts. After I got suspended for uh, how long was I suspended for from uh, from Facebook like a like a week and change or something like that for some dumb shit that the robots decided wasn't wasn't proper and it was funny I shared a meme the person who shared the meme didn't get in trouble but I got in trouble I got suspended you know and I, I made a couple of Twitter accounts and Twitter's just garbage now like I mean Twitter wasn't really fantastic but I did spend some time on there catch up with celebrities you know find hey what's ice tea talking about hey what's the iron sheet talking about you know hey mark ruffalo i saw him in a movie once you know shit like that but one thing with twitter is that they had this whole and it's not a unique to twitter but twitter did it right the blue check so mm. your blue check is basically it just tells you that you're you so if you're a celebrity and i see Mark Ruffalo, since I already mentioned his name, and there's a blue check next to Mark Ruffalo, that's not a status symbol. It doesn't mean he's a celebrity. Well, it does. But it also means that Twitter reached out to him and he showed ID and he showed papers that says, I am the actor Mark Ruffalo. And then they gave him a blue check. So this way, because you can make your name anything you want, mm -hmm. uh, the blue check is just to verify. Now, we don't really give a shit about celebrities like that, but what the blue check really helped out is with journalists. So if you're a journalist and you get a blue check, right? Let you know. I mean, I, I keep thinking about Walter Cronkite, even though he died in 2009, but he was a, a famous journalist when I was a kid. So if Walter Cronkite was on there talking some dumb shit and there's no blue check next to his name, I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to pass this over. But if there's a blue check next to Walter Cronkite's name. I know that somebody looked it up and said, hey, that's Walter Cronkite. We're good. It's a simple system, Right. And the blue checks are free. But now, uh, since Elon Musk is a jackass, you know, my friend, when I asked about, uh, we're, we're old-time wrestling fans. And in the WWE, they had the Attitude Era, where they finally took back, you know, won the ratings challenge over WCW. There was a, a writer named uh, Vince Russo. So he wrote a lot of the storylines for the Attitude Era that helped WWE take over WCW. Right. But then Vince Russo went to WCW and he was basically like he was like tossing a drowning man in anchor. Like he was god awful. Like every storyline was shit. And it just hastened WCW to the point where they got bought out by WWE. Right. And one of my friends explained it to me. He said when he was in WC when he was in WWE, to my Vince Russo, he had quality control. He had people that tell him, This idea is good. We like this, but this idea sucks. We're not gonna do this. But when he went to WCW, they let him do whatever he wanted. So every ridiculous idea that slid out of his stupid mouth became a storyline. And it just did not work. So Elon Musk is the same thing. 
when Elon Musk was in Tesla and when he was in SpaceX and all this other stuff, he had a board. He had people to, to, to rein him in. When he took over Twitter, he fired those people. Anybody who's going to tell him what's what, he fired them. So he has all these horrible ideas, and then there's nobody to tell him, hey, maybe this is not a good idea, Elon. Nope, nope. Whatever he whatever he thinks up, he just does. And then people have and to... Then the literally like the Emperor's New Clothes. Oh, say again? Like the Emperor's New Clothes. Yes, exactly. He, he had nobody to tell him what. And then next thing you know, the emperor has no clothes. <laughs> so mm -hmm. Elon Musk did this whole thing where you got you pay eight, 10. I don't even know how much it costs because I wasn't going to fucking pay it. But you could pay for a blue check, which defeats the whole purpose of the blue check. And you remember we talked about on the show about a month ago where people was like somebody made an account with a blue check. Instead of they were like uh, Eli Lilly or whoever makes insulin, they were like, insulin's free now. And their stock prices dropped. So it's it's a terrible idea to do. But now, uh, I think this past weekend, all the legacy blue checks are going to lose their blue checks unless they pay. And people ain't trying to pay. Jason Alexander from uh, from Seinfeld, he was like, I'm not paying for a blue check. You do have to clarify because sometimes when you say Jason Alexander, I think Britney Spears' ex-husband. What was his name? Uh, Jason Alexander. <laughs> she there was the one guy that she like married. Everybody, was, I was like, she married the guy from Seinfeld because I remember she. That was like the first time she got married. I think. What is his name? His... But you're talking about oh. Kevin Federline, probably the, or uh, Kevin whatever. Kevin Federline. Okay, I didn't know that. I didn't know he married a guy named Jason. Alexander. No, he I married know. a guy named Jason Alexander before him, and oh. I remember thinking, like, how the fuck did she marry the guy from Seinfeld? And I was like, oh no, not that Jason. I didn't know that. I, I always thought that was her only husband. Was the dude was uh was Federline? No, no, and I think she's married now to some other guy. Oh, okay. But yeah. But yeah, but Jason Alexander from Seinfeld, he was like, I'm not paying for your stupid blue check. And LeBron James was like, I'm not paying for your blue check. And they were ragging on LeBron. You know, you know, all the LeBron haters. Oh, man, you're worth 50 billion hundred dollars. You don't want to pay eight bucks a month for a blue check. No. Why should he have to? It was free and it served a purpose. And now you're gonna you're gonna pay because you're a shitty businessman. You're trying to take it out from from the people. No, there are a lot of celebrities who are not going to pay for the blue check. Monica Lewinsky basically posted a, a series of photos of all the fake Monica Lewinsky accounts that are impersonating her and and trying to mess up her name. And now she's like, the only way that you know people will know it's me is because I have a blue check. And now anybody can get a blue check and say they're me. I wonder and how, just to her know. how this can how this can kind of work out is just be like or just how legal can maybe step in and say like you're violating your own terms of service or or um you're participating in libel and misinformation. Like yeah. you have a duty. Like I feel like legally there's some sort of maybe not precedent because it's like uncharted territory, but legally there's got to be some sort of backlash I'm, I'm very curious to see to know what the legal department at twitter has said about this because these well, companies definitely have lawyers yeah but that but that's part of the problem because elon is pushing 
Twitter to be like, oh, you know, this is this is the free speech wasteland. You can come here and do whatever you want, say whatever you want, but don't crack on me. No, if you crack on me, your account's suspended. But everybody else is fine. <laughs> he, he he literally like suspended. Put it like this. Elon Musk is such a thirsty bitch when it comes to attention. He got mad and called a late night meeting because he was mad that President Biden's tweet about the Super Bowl got way more likes and way more attention than his tweet about the Super Bowl. So he called a late night meeting, called people out of their beds to talk about why that happened. And this man runs a company. You know, I mean, it's uh, it's absolutely ridiculous. And then you got then you got Zuckerberg. I rag on Mark Zuckerberg more than I really should for one reason, because I know Elon Musk doesn't know anything. I mean, he went to college, he got a degree, but he doesn't really know shit. He just know he just know he just invested in the right things at the right time and was vicious enough to push out their board members and make it seem like he was inventing shit. Would he really and that he was rich? Yeah. As a little kid, he used to walk around with emeralds in his pocket. I wish he did. I wish he did that in Times Square. <laughs> See how long you last with that shit. But I mean, it's it's re- like somebody said it best. It's basically he just had too much money to fail. He's the only person I know who could lose like a hundred billion dollars and still be worth a hundred billion dollars. Like it doesn't even make any sense. Like all, all their all their pretend money gets them. Because I mean, and and the deal for Twitter, the people who gave him the money for that are even bigger idiots. You're gonna use stocks as collateral. What's gonna happen when the price of the stocks go down? Look at the based on the day that America has been having, the dollar is about to be worthless anyway. So that was super strategic for, you know, Japan. Excuse me. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Japan, I think Japan, as it was told to me, is no longer going to be um, importing oil from America or something. And uh, I think China is also taking some sanctions against America, too. So it's just like, whoo, between the two, like, hey. I mean, we don't, I mean, we don't punish all. Yeah. I mean, we're gonna be like it was in some of those uh, those poorer African countries. Like, if we want to go buy a loaf of bread, we gotta carry like a wheelbarrow full of money, because that's how much a dollar's gonna be worth by the time they're done with it. Because I mean, we—that's a whole nother thing. But I I I looked at uh, Meta because now Meta is trying to do the whole uh, blue check thing where they're trying to pay for it. So I, I looked at, this is from Meta's site, and it says, establish your presence on Instagram and Facebook with Meta Verified. You get verification with a government ID, proactive account protection, access to direct account support, and more. Features may vary by region. So you get like verification, you get exclusive features, you get proactive account protection and direct account support. Hey man, we should be getting that anyway as much money as you make off the site because people like Zuckerberg don't make money really off the site. Right. You know what they make money? Selling our information. 
well, they, still, they sell our information to the highest bidder. That's why Facebook accounts are free. Because the that's trade off is called meta, you know? Meta, <laughs> meta doesn't mean change. Meta means metadata. Basically. Right there in our face. And and we've we've come to we've come to accept that, you know, as just a part of life. It's kind of like, you know, people with, with their credit cards and bank cards. We've accepted the fact that our cards are already on, on the dark web. So all we gotta do, so all we need to do is just get make sure we have good credit card protection to make sure that if they if our cards get hacked, that we just, you know, get back to our business as soon as possible. You know, some things can't be stopped. So you know, and, and I'll, I'll talk about that more on on Wednesday. I don't want to go too deep into that, but just the fact, and I don't know if you know this already, but how much do you think Mark Zuckerberg is charging for for Instagram and Facebook to be uh, for their for their blue check? Mm. Ninety nine cent a month. Yeah, he, he's charging. Oh, here we go. I had I had the oh, phone. Did you hear me? Oh no. What'd you say? Oh, I guess ninety nine cents a month. Oh God, no. Right. <laughs> not e- not even close. This motherfucker was a charge. Uh fourteen ninety nine a month no. for uh iOS and Android or eleven ninety nine a month for uh for the web and eleven ninety nine is Facebook only. So fourteen ninety nine gets it to you on Facebook and Instagram. Yeah. I mean, you, you. Mark Zuckerberg spent lost billions of dollars. He lost like a hundred billion dollars of his net worth. Like he used to be. So here it is. Meta lost thirteen just in twenty twenty two alone with this metaverse. He dropped thirteen billion dollars into the metaverse, and then his net worth in twenty twenty two dropped by a hundred billion dollars. So, but here's the thing. He's still worth, after all of that, he's still worth $73 billion. But instead of being like the top five richest richest person in the world, now he's down to like 26th. It's, it's absolutely gross that having $73 billion makes you the 26th richest man in the world. You know, our, 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 the whole world is just fucked. I'm just, I mean, you know, you know what? Giant Meteor 2024, let's just finish this and just start over. But I, it, people revere these two, Zuckerberg and, 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 and Zuckerberg, like I said, at least he knows how to code. Like his parents are rich and they paid some world-class coders to teach Zuckerberg how to code. So he could do this shit. You know what I mean? He's not like Elon, who's just like, duh, I got emeralds in my pockets. No, Zuckerberg knows what he's doing, at least from a programming standpoint. And Facebook is still a shitty site. I've been on Facebook, what, 12 years? And the site still sucks. And little, th- I mean, even little things that make it worse. Like, for some reason, bless you, for some reason, I can't have a square profile picture. My profile picture is round. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> now I got to find a picture that fits in the circle. Why didn't you just leave it square? Who told you that was a good idea? 
even the little things are pissing me off. So imagine all the big things that are pissing me off about Facebook. Somebody needs to make another site so we could just go to that site <laughs> and, and just leave. The only reason why I don't leave Facebook is because all my family and friends are on Facebook. Yeah. It's the reason why it's the reason why I left MySpace in the first place. Because everybody was on Facebook. And I was like, okay, I guess I'll just go on Facebook. And then MySpace shut down. You know, they tried Google Plus. That didn't work out. They need somebody just need to make another site and just start this whole thing over. I'll be I'll be the first in line. So it's like the old song goes, if there's a new way, I'll be the first in line, but it better work this time. So I'm just curious to see how many people sign up for these dumbass blue checks to get like some extra features so Mark Zuckerberg can clear the losses from throwing away billions of dollars on a virtual reality world that nobody wanted or asked for. Fucking guys. If he lost $13 billion making a better version of insulin, I'd be like, yo, okay. You know, maybe I'll, maybe I'll get that blue check. But you spent it on expensive digital garbage with graphics that look like first-generation Nintendo Wii graphics. And we're supposed to be like, oh, fuck you, jackass. I'm not buying your fucking blue check, and I'm definitely not getting a Twitter blue check. So both of you pretend business ghouls can just kiss my ass. So I didn't want it to be that contentious, but I couldn't help it. I mean, people revere these two like they're awesome, and they're just like, no. I'm waiting to get banned because I, I I I always raggle on Mark Zuckerberg and I always call him by name and I'm just waiting for the robots to ban me. <laughs> but I guess it would just be too obvious if I made a, a, a Facebook post ragging on Mark Zuckerberg and then I got um uh, then I get suspended, then I appeal it, and then they have to tell me why they did it. <laughs> Only I would get myself in trouble like that. <laughs> but um I will say one thing, moving on. We were talking about Spitting Gold earlier, right? The biopic coming out. Yeah. Talking about uh, Casablanca Records. And I had a lot of, a lot. Of, I mean, my mother is a huge Donna Summer fan. So she had a few of her albums on vinyl. Uh, unfortunately, all our vinyl got uh, destroyed in uh, Hurricane Sandy, unfortunately. Mm. It, it was, uh, was kind of sad. He had, you know, he had, a, my dad collected all these soca records you know he's from the west indies and real quick story like the mighty sparrow i don't know if you've heard of him odie but I he's like believe so. not not right off hand no he's like he's like the elvis presley of soca music he's like a huge soca legend and you know they record in new york and my dad knows a uh another soca artist. he passed away some years ago he's a really nice guy and he called himself a uh, little tokyo all these soca dudes have weird names. And um <laughs> and um Little Tokyo, when he records his records, uses the same backing band as the Mighty Sparrow. Right? So one day he met up with Sparrow, you know, they were coming, you know, they were coming in out of the studio, and he went to Sparrow and he was like, Hey, you know, my my friend uh my friend Leo, he's a huge fan of yours, has your albums going back, you know, going way back, you know. He lives in Long Island. Would you like to have dinner at his house? And he was like, yeah. So I came home, and who's sitting in my goddamn living room? The Mighty Sparrow. Yeah, okay. 
And I was like, holy shit, you're the dude from the records. I didn't say it like that, but, you know, and he was the nicest guy in the world. Such a nice guy, you know. And it was funny because my dad, of course, you know, he's like, yeah, Sparrow's coming over my house. You know, and uh, it's funny to see all my parents' friends gushing like little kids. Because <laughs> it's, it's their idol. It's the mighty Sparrow. And I was like, that's was I'll always remember that. That was real, and he was such a nice guy, you know. But uh, I, I will, I will say this: I'm a, you know, I'm a big music fan, and also a movie fan. And you've heard me rag on casting before. Like I, I bitched about the casting for uh, the Batman, where they made that pasty vampire douche the Batman, and I bitched about it for like an entire episode. And, um, or Jason Momoa's Aquaman, you know? And, but here's the thing. Like me bitching about it here on the podcast, this is as far as it goes. You understand? I'm not going to get on Jason Momoa's uh, Twitter page and call him out. I'm not going to get on whatever his name, Robert Pattinson's Twitter page and call him out. Why? I'm just, you know. Why would I do that? That's ridiculous. I could have my opinion about something, but I'm not going to make your life miserable, right? Uh, Taylor Parks is a singer-songwriter, and she's actually had her hand in songwriting some uh, some recent hits. You know, I think some of them were Grammy-nominated, and she's young. She's, uh, well, not that, well, I'm not going to say not that young. She's older than I thought she was, though. Hold on. She spells her name kind of weird, T-A-Y-L-A. And then Parks, she, oh no, she is younger than I thought. She's 29. Okay. And um, she is in the uh, biopic Spinning Gold uh, as she plays Donna Summer. Now, I wouldn't consider Taylor Parks to be overweight, you know, a little on the thick side, but she's a good looking woman and she's playing Donna Summer. And when I was, when they had the, on Facebook, when they have the, the ads for Spinning Gold and there were all these music nerds who are just like she's not my Donna Summer. She don't. And then one one person was like Donna Summer is slender, and I'm like she's not that slender. Have you have you have you seen those videos of her? You know she's not that slender. I mean she's definitely not overweight, but she's definitely not slender. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, there, there's a video of Donna Summer on it, it's on YouTube. It's like an hour long video. She did a show in uh, I think it, I think either in Italy or Paris. She did a whole concert, costume changes and everything, the whole disco thing. And um, yeah, Donna Summer was amazing. I think she passed away of cancer some years ago. Mm. It, was very, it, was, it was very sad to hear that. You know, and then of course, after disco faded out, she was doing like pop music, like she works hard for the money and shit like that. You know, I like that song. But um, Donna Summer, though, like, was she not Aunt Una from Altoona? Oh, say again? Was she Aunt Una from Altoona? I don't. Did you ever watch Family Matters? I think that was her. Hold on. Aunt Una from Altoona. Yeah, that was her. That was her. Get out of here. Uh, She played Steve's Aunt Una from Altoona. Yeah, because, yeah, okay, it's coming back to me now. So basically, in the episode, um, Steve's. Eddie does something like he did something to fuck up the car and right. like the car drove through the house. And so like he was going to do a talent show to like get the money up to fix the, to, to fix it up. But meanwhile, his, his aunt Una from Altoona is visiting 
and uh, she's like, you know, this mouse-like type woman or whatever, and she's just like, you know, has like low self-esteem a little bit, uh -huh. and um, Harriet decides to give her a makeover, and so they go to this talent show, and Eddie's about to lose, and which meant he was going to lose the money, so she decides to perform, and she goes into Last Dance, and of course, like, she's doing it as like her made up now self you know to show off her new look and right. so she wins the talent show and gives eddie the money so he can pay to fix his fix his house or whatever whatever he did to the house yeah aunt una from altoona that's how i remember donna summer <laughs> I, I i grew up in the disco era so i just remember all the you know the donna summer songs and donna summer has a little piece of history uh the song uh i feel love from donna summer that is the first fully electronic dance song. Hmm. So the first dance song that was made with all synthesizers. Nice. So and and I still like that song. That that's still a great song to this day. But people on the the they were just giving her such a hard time, right? Just really ripping into her, you know, about her looks and all this other stuff. And I'm like, you know, it's a biopic. You know what I mean? Le just enjoy the damn movie. You know, and I didn't I didn't need but I didn't bother jumping in because I knew it was just going to be a, a mess. But here's the thing that pissed me off. OK, and I mean, it's not the same people, of course, but um, they're making a sequel to uh, to Joker. Right. And Lady Gaga is going to be playing Harley Quinn. I have seen that. Which I was just like, nah, here's the thing. I don't like Lady Gaga. I don't like her music. I don't even like her acting all that much. But I don't I like hate. Acting, but I, I like Lady Gaga, and I like I like her music. I like her acting. I but I but, but I don't I don't hate Lady Gaga. You know what I mean? She's just she she's kind of like Katy Perry, where it's just like she's just there, and I'm just like, and and like I said, when I say I don't like it, I just mean it just means I just don't listen to it, or I don't I don't watch her movies. But I'm not really. But I'm like, oh, I hate Lady Gaga. Ah. She's actually, from what I hear, she's really nice, you know, and she's and she's really into her fans. I will say one funny video I saw of Lady Gaga. It had nothing to do with her. She was at a she was at an airport, and she put her security guards, and they're walking through the airport, and some guy who looked like the Unabomber decided that he wanted to get an autograph. He's like some some weird, goofy mega fan, and instead of just saying. Lady Gaga, Lady Gaga, uh, I'm a huge fan. Would it, would, it, would it be okay? Could you just sign a quick autograph for me? And knowing from what I know about Lady Gaga, she'd have done it. He runs at her with the pad with the pad and the, and the pen in his hand, just runs at her like a crazy person. Like, oh, Lady Gaga. And her security guards pancake this dude. <laughs> mm -hmm. they just, the dude just jumped on him, just like splats, just crushed him on the ground. And people in the in the comments were like, and of course Lady Gaga didn't approve of that. You know, she thought they had them too rough. But I mean, they don't know that. He came, he ran at her like a crazy person. I would have done the same thing. I'm like, you're my meal ticket, literally. I eat off you. Like, as long as you're alive, I have a job. If some crazy yeah. person kills you, I gotta go back on the unemployment line. And I and I'll end up having to watch over somebody a lot less famous. <laughs> so no, I'm like I'd rather break two of this dude's ribs than to take a chance. So there, there it is. But when Lady Gaga, when for every person 
And both of these were on Facebook, by the way. For every person that said, "Oh, I don't, I don't, I'm not really feeling Lady Gaga as um as Harley Quinn. I'm going to pass on this movie." And they weren't saying anything mean about her. They were just like, "Ah, oh, pass." Like I'm, I'm just going to pass on this. People were like out and out defending her, like they were in Lady Gaga's camp. And Taylor, and Taylor Parks did not have that same protection. People were just ragging on her, like, "Oh, you know, she's." She's too fat to be Donna Summer. Oh, she's she's not pretty enough to be Donna Summer. She's not tall enough and all this other horse shit. I'm like, oh, you goofy-ass music nerd cocksuckers. Leave her alone. It's a fucking movie. Either you watch the movie or you don't watch the movie. All you had to do was just say, oh, I'm, I'm not going to watch this. And then just keep it moving. You don't have to, like, insult her. Because there's nothing wrong with her looks at all. So... I it's you funny know, so how, it's how they, when it comes to black women though you know they love putting black women down you know they had that whole um let me uh, let me find it real quick but they had the uh the women's championship game uh <coughs> yesterday bless you with um Iowa and LSU right and there was a uh let me see here bear with me just a moment Facebook because I didn't know I was going to be talking about her today um there was her name is oh why didn't they have her name on here Jesus Christ I think I may have had her name on a different one but um Caitlin Clark out of Iowa right and when they played in the the semifinals against South Carolina she disrespected a, another player like I guess she knew that that player didn't have a good three point shot. So she literally like just waved at her, like waved her like, yeah, whatever. And then just went to go double team someone else. And then she did the whole, you know, watch John Cena do the whole thing. Like you can't see me. And she did well, that. Yeah, I've heard of that move, but in my mind, it's always known as the, um, the G unit move. That was like a dance that they used to do in their videos. I didn't know that. I, I'll send it to you. But yeah, okay. in my mind, I always associated with G unit. I didn't watch wrestling, but that's oh. probably where they got it from. I'm pretty sure that's where John Cena got it from. <laughs> I, I, I mean, know. 50 Cent probably got it from them. <laughs> oh, that that too. Yeah. But um, yeah. I, I mean, and then um, God, what was uh, I'm trying to remember. You were the saying other... Caitlyn, she was doing the move, disrespecting her and shit. You can't yeah. see me. And then the black girl started doing it back to her, like disrespecting yeah, her. Yeah. And then now, now all of a sudden, so in other words, when um. When Caitlyn did it, did a, the girl from Iowa, and then they were pulling because they had a meme about it, and they said, you know, she's a queen, she's competitive, she's good for the sport, she's a champion in our hearts. And when she lost, and then the other girl did it to her, they were, oh, she's a thug, she's ghetto, she's unprofessional, you know, she's a fake champion. Oh no, she's a real champion because they beat them by fifteen points. So I, I that constitutes as a real champion, you know, but. Well, um, she took, I mean, the, the girl from LSU, she, when, when she did that to the other girl, she took it personal and she was like, and she literally said, I'm going to take this personal. And the double standard was stunning, you know, and, uh, I'm glad Iowa lost. I mean, I, I, I know I'm being a, a bitter jackass, but, uh, you know, uh, Caitlin Clark looks like the type of girl who would like yell at a barista because she put like honey in her tea instead of brown sugar. Like, I, she seems like that type of Karen, you know? And uh, and she's six feet tall. That other girl from LSU was like 6'3". 
<laughs> so I'm like, yeah, she they didn't want none of that. I mean, Iowa got stomped, but the double standard is always there. But it's not just about the double standard. I mean, uh, music nerds and science fiction nerds, they're like the worst people in the world sometimes. You remember um, uh, Star Wars Episode One, the little kid that played Anakin in the first movie? His mm, name was... No, no, I wouldn't remember that. He was like 10 years old when he did that role. His name was Jake Lloyd. He beat out 3,000 other kids to get that role. He'd already had roles on TV and stuff like that. He did that movie in 1999. He got bullied so much about that role that he quit acting in 2001. So he, he so he quit acting when he was 12 years old because he was just like, fuck all this bullshit. Now he suffers from, unfortunately, he suffers from uh, schizophrenia. Mm. So, I mean, I'm pretty sure I had nothing to do with the bullying. That's not, you know, I, I don't think it that's how it But it, it definitely didn't help. You know, you had um, Kelly Marie Tran from the uh, Star Wars um, episodes uh I think she was an eight and nine. I don't think she, no, she wasn't in seven. She was an eight and nine. And she got bullied so much uh, for that, uh, for that role. They, they called her, you know, especially her with her being, um, I think she's Korean. So, I mean, she was getting all the racial slurs and getting all the people calling her ugly and calling her fat. And just right really... now with Ariel. Yeah. You see it right now with Ariel going to be played by, uh, Wait, let me get it right between the, the two of them. Was it Holly Berry? Yeah. No, no, not Holly Haley. Berry. Um, she goes by Haley. Ho ho Holly Bailey. Haley Bailey. Yeah. 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 Oh God, that that was a that was a nightmare with with the bigots going after her. I, I swear to God, there was one of these dudes, these Fox News jackasses, who was like. Well, you know, mermaids can't be black because they live at the bottom of the ocean and they would be translucent. And I was like, you dumb motherfucker. Have you ever been to the bottom of the ocean? Have you ever been I to did... the Caribbean, bitch? Because ain't nothing but black people in the Caribbean. And not just that. There's all types of... I mean, I was like... And I was like, why am I trying to justify this? He's just being the... What was his name? Matt Walsh. That fucking bearded jackass like all these all these republican pundits like if they were all to die tomorrow i'd be like well i guess that's the end of that chapter <laughs> like i wouldn't even i wouldn't even care like that's how horrible these people are they just make people miserable but these fanboys are not that much from it i mean even people like i remember when keanu reeves did bram stoker's dracula right and he what well, he didn't bring his a-game to that movie you know but he explained that he was exhausted by the time he got to that movie. He had done Point Break, which if you've ever seen Point Break, it's a pretty high energy movie. <laughs> and then there was another movie he did like, so he had like three movies like crossing each other. But now Keanu Reeves is John Wick and everybody loves him. I mean, who doesn't love Keanu Reeves? Keanu Reeves is awesome, you know, and he's just a nice guy. But they, you know, but, but you're talking about the 90s, right? When they didn't really have social media like that. So for Jake Lloyd to get bullied like that when that movie came out in 99, and you figure that's just the advent of people really getting onto like internet and chat rooms and stuff like that. I mean, these people are actors, they're actresses. You don't have to like them at all. 
Let them live their lives. They're playing a role in a movie. They're doing a job. Let them do their job. You don't have to like them. I crack on Robert Pattinson all day long. He was that I, I always call him that sparkly vampire douche. But like I said, I'm not gonna get on his Twitter page and insult him directly. Why would I do that? First of all, he's filthy stinking rich because he's in all those Twilight movies that made like a jillion dollars. So what's he gonna do? Answer me. Hey, Mercer Prescott of Cary, North Carolina. Well, I, I heard you had do, something to like, say about me. People yeah. only do that shit because they can hide behind the keyboard, you know? Yeah. I, I, I'll tell you this. Um, Donnie Yen played a Jedi, a blind Jedi in uh, Rogue One. And I bet people weren't cracking on him. You know why? Because Donnie Yen is a martial artist and he'll kick your jaw right off your face. So there's that. Exactly, Odie. They're they're keyboard warriors. They get out in the real life, and then you know they don't even know how to fight. So you're gonna pick on Kelly Marie Tran, who's like five two, you know. But what are you gonna do? You you gonna go after all these uh, doctor the MMA fighter you don't like, go after that pro wrestler you don't like? Okay, we'll see how that works out. <laughs> we'll see how long that lasts. Fucking jackasses. I, you know, like I said, we get on these things and we we talk and, and we we talk shit, but it, it doesn't go that far. And these people make these people's lives miserable. Kelly Marie, Kelly Marie Tran is just getting back in the movies. You know, she did some voice acting for a while, but they really broke her confidence out there. It's absolutely ridiculous. Why? Because she didn't, she played a role in a movie that you didn't like, you know, uh, it's it, it's just it's just absolutely sickening, you know. I I will say there was a meme that I thought was really funny. Uh, what was, what's her name? Uh, Mindy Kaling did a did a cartoon version of uh, of Scooby Doo called Velma, right? And it was supposed it was like an adult cartoon, so it's basically has it, it has nothing to do with the old Scooby Doo lore, right? Mm-hmm. So. I thought it was I it wasn't as good as I thought it was gonna be, but I still enjoyed it. I still watched it, you know. And uh it got a second season. <laughs> and and somebody had the meme of Captain America at the end of Spider-Man. He was and he was like, So you hate watched Velma, and now she got a second season. <laughs> so I don't know. These these views. A win is a win. A win is a win. So before we wrap up, I had something else to talk about, but I'll talk about it on Wednesday because we're out of time. But I will say this. Odie, did you watch Sorry Night Live this week? I did not, but I heard it was really good. I, first of all, I knew immediately that my mother had watched it. Um, she texted me yesterday morning and said, hey, um, I see... What, she was like, little yada yada. Like she, first of all, she texted me a barrage of texts. Um, mm-hmm. But the last one said... Oh, little Yachty has the same birthday as us. I said, "What the? Where the fuck did she get that from?" And then I saw Quinta Brunson had hosted, and I said, "Oh, she's a Quinta fan. She probably was watching SNL because, like, my mom doesn't like religiously watch, but if somebody that she's interested in seeing is hosting, she right. will watch." And so, <laughs> and I saw little Yachty was performing. I was like, "Ah, she was watching SNL. Got it. Okay, okay." <laughs> yeah so now i randomly know that little yanni and i have the same birthday I, I i still say that the blackest episode of saturday night live was in the very first season 
it was uh Richard Pryor hosted, and then Gil Scott Heron was the was the musical guest. And I was just like, yeah, that's definitely that still stands as the blackest episode <laughs> of Saturday Night Live I've ever Wait, seen. No, really? Yeah. That was that was in the first Gil scene. Scott Heron has been alive, was alive in like the 70s? Yeah. Negro National Anthem Gil Scott Heron was alive in the 70s? Yeah. In my mind, I just thought that song was so old. I thought it was really as old as the National Anthem. I'm like, oh, like, you know, this guy probably wrote the National Anthem, the Negro National Anthem in like, I don't know, like 18-something, maybe like right at the end of Oh, no, no, no. Um, You ever hear a song called Living in a Bottle? Oh, you know what song you probably heard? Remember the Kanye song Um, where they had the sample, I'm on my way home, the one that Common rapped over? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm on that, my way that- home. That song is Gil Scott Heron's song. It's called um, "Home Is Where the Hatred Is." So you may be thinking about some. You may be thinking about somebody else. Yeah. Okay. Keep going. Keep keep talking. I'm gonna look this shit up because this is bothering me now. Yeah, you're probably thinking about like the revolution will not be televised. You're probably thinking no. about no, no, no. My bad. I had I had he has one of those names like where it's three names. So I was thinking James Weldon Johnson. Ah, oh, gotcha. And oh. I was like, wait a minute, hold on. Didn't he write the? I was like, didn't he write the Negro National? Oh, okay. Because like, I mean, to me, that's still equally black. But I'm like, I could have sworn the Negro National Anthem was older than like I would have thought that whoever wrote the song would have been deceased by by the 70s. And I was, right. I'm probably right. I haven't verified how old he w- would have been around that time. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, the the Negro National Anthem was written in 1900. <laughs> okay. Gotcha. Okay. okay. Thanks for clearing that up. Another <laughs> Negro national moment here. Um, okay, but yeah, yeah, that probably is the blackest episode. Then I'm not in a position to argue that. But um, it'll probably never get that black again. Probably not. <laughs> but um, they had uh, when they did the um, God, what was it? Weekend update, right? Because uh, of course Saturday was of course was April Fool's Day, right? And I'm watching it, and then they have um you know I, and I love Weekend Updates, my favorite part of the show, and they can barely usually contain their composure. Yeah, which is kind of what makes it, and, and that's yeah, it's that's always it funnier. even even back in the '70s when Chevy Chase was doing it, when um Jane Curtin was doing it, it's kind of the same thing, you know. The only one who ever really kept his composure like Norm Macdonald, but he was just absolutely vicious. I miss Norm Macdonald. Rest in peace, Norm Macdonald. But um, they had um, like uh, Michael Che was doing his thing, and then Colin Jost was doing his thing, and no, and he was getting like barely getting a chuckle, and then um, what's it called was getting all the laughs, and you could kind of see him get a little nervous, and then somebody just yells out, "You suck!" <laughs> and then uh, Colin, and then uh, Michael Che admits, "All right, all right, we told the crowd not to laugh at your jokes." <laughs> <laughs> and Colin Jones was like, like, you're a monster. It's the meanest thing you've ever done. Because <laughs> he's like, I'm literally drenched in sweat, like just worried about like, 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 do I suck? Am I not funny? Like, what's going on here? <laughs> I thought that was funny. But all right. But that's enough of my old man prattling for one day. Odie, what are your what are your final thoughts? North Carolina, I need y'all to read the room, bitch. Uh, we have bigger fish to fry. 
Nobody cares about participation trophies um, and whether or not y'all are footing the bill. I remember, look, I didn't participate in any sports, but I definitely enjoyed going to Pizza Hut when I was about, you know, eight, nine, ten years old. Uh-huh. And uh, and not, I will say Pizza Hut, the like the soda tasted better. I don't know if they like if the grease was just right or if the soda machine was just hitting, but I do remember like. I just remember like something about the decor in Pizza Hut was chef's kiss. Okay. Um, it just matched, it just made the food taste better. Something about those little, I guess like the way the little um light fixtures hung up and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You know, it was just it was just hitting better. But one thing I remember, even though I didn't participate, was watching kids during baseball seasons wrap it up and quote unquote celebrate the end of the season by um enjoying themselves some Pizza Hut. And uh nobody said shit. Nobody batted an eye then. I mean it was just like as a team, they had the benefit of going out to celebrate together. And that's just what it was. And that was for finishing the season. Somebody, you know, I've I just I'm saying all this to say that participation trophies are not a new concept. Nobody mm-hmm. is this generation is not being ruined by being celebrated. Um, superlatives have always been a thing, um, you know, because not everybody can be the the prom queen. But, you know, you can set up awards so that the prom queen-like person can also be celebrated. So, like, maybe you're not the most popular. Maybe you're the most funny. Maybe you're the most... Um, best dressed who knows whatever the fuck it is that 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 it is that you do everybody is celebrated in their own way and again we have bigger fish to fry so trying to set up legislation is wild business for this wild business yeah it's absolutely unnecessary i remember when i played little league i'm pretty sure it's like that all across the country like our little leagues were supported by like they were actually um Sponsored by local businesses. So, and it's, it's funny to be on a little league team of like, of like for a funeral home, like there's Hungerford and Clark yeah. home. And then like, that's your little league team. <laughs> and I remember the team that we all, I'm trying to remember the name of my little league team, but we didn't win the championship that year. We lost in the, in the little league championships for our town. But even though we lost like the owner of the people, you know, people we represented, they had this this really nice boat, and then they took us all out in the boat, and we went fishing and everything. It was it was a lot of fun. Sounds like a, it sounds like a consolation prize, a participation trophy to me. Yeah, but these people are so. I don't even know what you want to call it because I'm because it's not hardcore because you're 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 punching down on little kids. I mean, they're fucking kids, man. Like, why are you doing this? Why are you making legislation to say no participate? And and I think it's for like even even for like government sponsored stuff because they have no jurisdiction over like private stuff. But I mean, what is the purpose of that? It's just to feed red meat to their base because they're all this whole thing like yeah, you know, you got to be tough, Timmy. And I'm just like Timmy's a little kid. Timmy wants to go play video games and climb trees and like play with his dog. Like, Timmy doesn't give a shit about, you know, politics and all this other stupid horse shit. Like, leave them kids alone. That's all I could say. And then you're making legislation for this. I'm like, you guys are just 
guys are just fucking pathetic. Like, if this vote passes, everybody who votes for this should be primaried. That's just the way it is, you know. I don't know. So. Well, we'll see how it plays out. Mm -hmm. So, everybody gets some sleep because tomorrow's Donald Trump Day. We want to be well rested for this shit show that's about to happen tomorrow. <laughs> and if you haven't already, uh, please subscribe to the Urban Breakdown Network. We are on Facebook and Instagram. And uh, you can catch our podcast anywhere where they have podcasts, including Spotify and Apple. So everybody enjoy your Monday and uh, have a smooth rest of the week. Yep, absolutely. Bye, guys. This is a black man's perspective. Perspectives from black men. This is our perspective.